Now, broadcasting on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. It's time for Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Let's tap into your own authentic genius and live the life you desire. Join Dr. Rademacher for an enlightened conversation about our brain intelligence, our body intelligence, and our energy intelligence. And now, here's your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. This is Dr. Bart Rademacher, the doctor's guide part of health optimization, as well as prescription for your transformation. And these are all the different brands that I like to use because I originally started with a prescription for your transformation, but I also evolved into the doctor's guide, the guy that's going to curate, educate, and then guide you with the different health optimization strategies that are actually available for you. And unfortunately, so many docs out there are just not familiar enough with these things, and they kind of throw up their hands in the air like, I don't know. Right. Especially when you are afflicted by all sorts of conditions and symptoms and you're not getting anywhere with conventional medicine. You see, there's a definite place for conventional medicine. That's particularly in those emergency situations or surgeries and things like that. But where the real benefit and the real optimization is what it is that you can do yourself. This is so important. Because we can't just rely on the medical system to take care of us because it's also way too expensive and it's running out of money. And the truth is, what the, the things that you can do for yourself really can benefit you to the highest degree. And so that's really why I've got this, you know, um, doctor's guide and health optimization so that you can get effectively dialed in all the types of resources out there. Because here's the thing, there's a lot of brilliant people really focused on their particular niche, you know, sharing excellent information, but you've got to decide and you've got to research, you know, what's really believable, right? So that's where I come in. I help you make that process a lot easier. But with anything, you've got to figure out for yourself the credibility and the believability of what I'm sharing with you by verifying that information. So everything that I share here is not medical advice. You've got to do all the right things for yourself to verify that this is appropriate for you and your medical condition and your particular objectives and also get the appropriate medical device. But for those wondering, and let's get to the topic for today, what else can I do to optimize my health? You know, and here's the thing, if you're already effectively dialed into optimizing your nutrition, your movement, your sleep, and your mindfulness, then you pretty much are on top of your game. But you do know that you can do more. And frankly, I do believe we should investigate all these options, including the topic for today's peptide therapy. But here's the thing that is mostly forgotten and ignored. People are looking for their shortcuts and they're not willing to do the fundamental work first. And adding all these other modalities might actually be detrimental or counterproductive, especially if you don't do your homework or the persons offering these modalities have not their, done their homework either. Clearly, like in all business, you know, some, some of them have as a primary pers- purpose is just to make money rather than offer safe value. But again, that's with anything and it's up to you to make that determination. However, when it comes to your health, you do have to be more careful. Again, the reason for this podcast, helping you with some guidance, how to choose wisely. And for today, it's about peptides. And here are some of the questions that people ask. 
And these are some of the questions that we will be answering today, but these are also the questions that you need to ask. Well, first of all, what is peptide therapy and how does it work? You know, what are the benefits of peptide therapy and how can you benefit from that? And who, who, what specific conditions will benefit from that? You know, what types of peptides are actually used in therapy? You know, how is it, you know, administered and is it safe? You know, what are the uh, potential side effects? And what's the difference between peptide therapy and hormone replacement therapy or even conventional medicine? How long does it take to see results? These are questions that, you know, are individualized to the person and therefore needs to be asked by the, the practitioner. And how often do you need to receive peptide therapy treatments? Again, this is an important factor because you don't want, in some of them, you don't want to do it constantly. Sometimes you have to take a break. Finally, what does it cost? And is it covered by my insurance? Well, most of them actually, unfortunately not, or perhaps fortunately they're not. So before we dive in, I must as always remind you, get your baseline tests. And if you plan on investing money in your own health, you have to know if it's well spent and safe for you to use. You know, these baseline tests, which includes, you know, levels of micronutrients, your microbiome, that's your gut bacteria, and also environmental toxins and molds. You know, these tests are really important. And the simple reason being this is whatever your current condition or objectives are, your levels of micronutrients or toxins will actually affect those outcomes. So if you low on certain vitamins and, and it's going to limit the effectiveness, same thing with environmental toxins, you know, blunting the results. And for that matter, a simple correction of these might save you money as you've already restored your optimum health. But again, if you're that super achiever and want to go to that next level, again, peptides may be right for you. So what is peptide and what is, what are peptides and, and what is peptide therapy? Well, peptides are biological compounds made up of two or more amino acids, typically less than 50 amino acids. And amino acids are the basic units of protein, you know, one of the primary building blocks of all cells and all metabolic or biological pathways. Basically, life itself, we can't do without proteins and, and, and fats. Just so you know it, we can't do without fats. We can do without carbohydrates. We could li live without them because our body makes carbohydrates. So in the context of peptide therapy, our body utilizes peptides for specific chemical reactions that supports life, and therapy, therefore, is designed as a targeted approach to obtain specific results in your health. See, as we age or make poor lifestyle choices, consume nutrient-deficient foods, or simply expose to different toxins, all of which can disrupt the normal metabolic pathways, which can then manifest in all sorts of ways. Now, each of the peptides can then typically exert one or more effects to counteract those bad choices and can impact one or more biological systems at the same time within the human body. And so it's an amazing opportunity for you. Now, peptides do occur naturally in the body and in nature as well. And many of the peptides used for today, you know, fit those categories. But they're also, but many are also, you know, um, synthesized based on similarities with naturally occurring peptides or discovered through clinical research. There's tons of research on this right now. And the potential peptides is that it can, they can effectively unlock the body's ability to heal itself on a cellular level. Sometimes we need that extra help. 
And what is most beneficial in the use of peptides is the ability for precision medicine in that these peptides are used as target approach, I mentioned that word before, to affect specific biological pathways without or with fewer side effects than conventional medicine. So there's a great bonus here. That's one of the problems of conventional medicine. All the side effects, especially when they're advertised on TV or on the radio, half the advertisement is about all the side effects. Now, since many peptides do occur naturally, they can't be patented and thus are a threat to the pharma industry as well, which is one of the reasons they are still difficult to come by. And of course, we have the regulatory boards with a directive to make sure products are safe for use. But many countries in Europe have made it widely available, including countries like the UK, Germany, Switzerland, and France. Many of these peptides have already been used in conventional medicine, insulin being one of them. Now, peptides have been actively used for the last 100 years. Peptides used for peptide therapy can be derived from various sources, including animals, plants, and as I mentioned, synthetic means. Now, the animal-derived peptides um, from animal sources such as cows, pigs, and fish. For example, the collagen peptides used for skin health and joint health can be extracted from cow or fish skin. And then peptides used for hormonal therapy, such as samorolin, can be derived from pig or ship, uh, sheep, I should say, uh, pituitary glands. Plant-derived peptides include um, P-protein hydrolysate is a plant-derived peptide that can be used to support muscle growth and recovery. And then, of course, the synthetic peptides um, designed to mimic natural peptides or create new ones with specific functions. Now, apparently, small non-peptide molecules are much easier to manufacture and patentable and perhaps thus more favored by the pharmaceutical companies over peptides. So it's really important to note that the source and purity of peptides that are being used in peptide therapy can actually impact their effectiveness and safety. So this is where my job comes in to also curate and guide you. Now, peptides used for medical purposes should be produced and processed under strictly controlled standards to ensure their purity, potency, and safety. And again, you need to verify that. You know, even though you trust your doctor, you've got to verify the source of the product. Now, peptides are widely prescribed by doctors who focus on health optimization and addressing many of the maladies that people face today. And as we talk about some of the benefits of peptide therapy, the most commonly sought after are for improved muscle mass and strength and then peptides such as BPC-157 and TB-500 you know, can, produce, can promote muscle growth and recovery, leading to an increased muscle mass and strength. Another popular request is to increase energy and metabolism. And then peptides such as samorlin and ipamorlin or ipamorlin can stimulate the release of growth hormone, which can then boost energy levels, metabolism, and overall physical performance. Another common one is reduced inflammation and pain. And you know, this is a common malady with most people with you know, over 50% of the adult population with some sort of chronic illness and the root cause probably being uh, inflammation. And here, peptides such as BPC-157 or LL37, they have anti-inflammatory and analgesic properties, which can then reduce uh, inflammation and pain associated with injuries, arthritis, and other conditions. Um, an important one is enhancing the immune system. 
and peptides such as thymosin alpha-1 can boost the immune system's response to infections and diseases and help to prevent illnesses and promote overall health. And by my last count, I think uh, the FDA took this off the market. I'm not sure why, or maybe I am. Um, and then improved skin health and appearance. Uh, so morlin and ipamorlin can stimulate the production of collagen and elastin, which then leads to improved skin health and more youthful appearance. And then weight loss, that's a big one. Uh, peptides such as CJC1295 and ipamorlin can stimulate the release of growth hormone and increase muscle mass, which can help burn fat and improve metabolism, leading to weight loss. In any case, it is important to know that peptide therapy could be or should be prescribed and administered by a qualified healthcare provider after a thorough evaluation of patient's health status and medical history. In other uh, reasons for prescriptions or for peptide therapy includes, you know, increasing bone strength and density so that reduces risk of fractures, supporting joints, reducing erectile dysfunction, improving sleep, supporting an enhanced mood, uh, slow down aging and improve cognition, as well as treating major diseases with chronic inflammation, Alzheimer's, traumatic brain injury, and other neurodegenerative diseases. And you will hear me say this repeatedly. And it's so important that you do not ignore this or forget about this. It's all about root cause. So whatever the target is in the treatment of a specific condition, address the root cause. You see, for example, a generalized chronic inflammation can effectively be addressed with a cellular healing diet as promoted by Dr. Daniel Pompa which helps restore normal function to your cells naturally by simple, simply being smart in how you, how you eat and when you eat. And this is a part of an earlier show and why diets fail. Part of it too are that molds, toxins are causing chronic fatigue and are underdiagnosed. And so we're finding that mold toxins and environmental toxins are major contributors to chronic disease in this country. And so you've got to get rid of the source. So a commitment to a well-thought-out diagnostic and treatment plan is always a necessity to get optimum results. And in some cases, actually gets the results that you want for a lot less. And it's more sustainable, especially if you don't like giving yourself injections, which is my case. I hate injections. But too many people try to take the shortcut, spend tons of money, and go to the next failure. Now, peptides work by binding to specific receptors in the body and then triggering a specific response. And that response can vary depending on the peptides and its function, obviously, but can include a stimulation of, for example, growth hormone release, which we'll be talking about quite a bit, activation of the immune system, uh, uh, promotion of tissue healing and regeneration. And um, as I mentioned, you know, peptides can be administered via injection, nasal spray, orally, depending on the specific peptide and its intended use. And here it's important to understand the potential benefits and risks of each of these treatments, uh, particularly the vehicle of administration may be more effective one way or another. So you got to be aware of that, especially for someone like myself that doesn't like injections. I'd probably have a preference for intranasal spray, but I may not get all the benefits from it. So let's talk some specifics, right? you got to know this. 
Most peptides are injectable or subcutaneous or intramuscular through self-injection since you will need to do it daily or several times per week and sometimes multiple times throughout the day. Many treatments uh, plan, many treatment plans require you to cycle, which means you undergo injection schedule for several weeks or months and then stop only to restart later if it's necessary. And this depends on the specific outcomes and the peptides you plan to use. But before you start, get your baseline metrics. Uh, if they're labs and other things, and monitor it throughout. This is important since your own awareness, awareness of the positive results will only help you. That placebo effect is real. It's always an important part of successful outcomes. If it benefits you, then why not, right? If only to motivate you further to do the additional things that will help you further optimize your health. Like in weight loss. Be more motivated to skip the potato chip aisle in the supermarket that just begs you not to just take one, but buy two, right? Simply put, ultra-processed foods are bad for you, especially the bad fats that will actually stay in your body for months, even years, before you can effectively remove them, and they're constantly doing harm. Now, the amounts of the injections are measured either in milligrams or micrograms, and it might be a little confusing at times, but look online for a peptide calculator that will give you some visuals to make it super easy for you to do. So I'm now going to talk about the stuff you really wanted to hear. You know, what peptides for which reasons? Well, the common reasons are weight loss, muscle gain, anti-aging, uh, cognitive enhancement, and weight loss. This weight loss, as I mentioned, is clearly needed because over 50% of adult population is overweight and they're sick too. And remember, this is largely the result of a sad diet, you know, the standard American diet, corresponding to 80% or 88% of the population in the United States and their sedentary lifestyles. Now, the last one is one of my issues since when I get in my creative mood, I'll be sitting down for hours and totally forget about standing and walking and then I have to pay the price. But peptides is not the quick fix, but certainly will help you if you're working on all the other elements of a clean diet and active lifestyle. So let's talk more about weight loss. Ipamorolin is a type of lab-made compound. So it's a synthetic known as a growth hormone releasing peptide. So it stimulates the body to release growth hormone, which then pr promotes the systemic growth of muscle, bone, vasculature, and other cells and bodies and increases metabolism. Now, ipamorolin is unique among growth hormone releasing peptides in that unlike most, it does not activate the body's natural stress response like cortisol, prolactin, as well as uh, aldosterone. And this is important. So this gives ipamorolin an advantage over other compounds in this class. And when used at appropriate doses, it appears to be relatively free of any side effects and will not affect or interfere. And this is important with your natural body's production of growth hormone. And this is a key component to all treatments. You don't want to negatively impact normal metabolic pathways by adding another pathway that might overwhelm it. Because such interactions must always be a concern when using any peptide, how it's going to affect other systems in the body in a negative way which is also one of the reasons why we cycle peptides to give you a, your biological system the chance to restore normalcy. So what else does it do? It increases lean mus muscle mass um, by promoting the synth synthesis of new 
uh, muscle tissue. It decreases body fat by promoting the breakdown of stored fat for energy. It improves bone density, um, which then helps reduce the risk of fractures and osteoporosis. And then it improves quality of sleep by promoting the production of a deep and restful sleep. And then increases energy and vitality by boosting metabolism, increasing energy levels, and simply promote healthy aging. So stated differently, some of the indications that may best be suited for ipamorelin include growth hormone deficiency. So it can be used to treat growth hormone deficiency in adults, uh, which in of itself can cause symptoms like fatigue and muscle weakness and decreased bone density. It can help with age-related muscle loss um, by promoting new muscle growth and improve strength and mobility. It's going to help with weight loss by increasing your metabolism and promoting the breakdown of stored uh, fat, improve the um, bone density, especially important in postmenopausal women and older adults. And then with the sleep disorders, which is a key component of our recovery through the night and healing, it's going to promote the production of deep, restful sleep so that our body has the ability to restore itself effectively. And these are key components that you really must be aware of. All right, Tessa Morlin. That's a relative of Ipamorlin. It promotes recovery through the same uh, growth hormone pathway, serving as a growth hormone stimulating hormone. In other words, it binds to and stimulates growth hormone receptors with similar potency in taking endogenous um, human growth hormone, again, without the unwanted side effects. And the benefits here include reduction of visceral fat um, and the surrounding organs in the abdomen. You know, excess visceral fat is associated with a number of health problems, including insulin resistance and high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease. So clear there's benefit with this. It's going to improve your glucose metabolism. Again, reducing the risk of developing diabetes. And like ipamorelin, increases lean body mass, improved bone density, improved quality of life. So I like the fact that peptides also come in um, sort of codes. So here's AOD-9604. Um, so this one is a synthetic peptide peptide that is derived from human growth hormone molecule. So this is where research looks at naturally occurring hormones and see if they can make certain modifications to them and then allowing them to have specific um, or more precise uh, effects. And this is an interesting part because the way that that molecule is configured is going to make an impact on how um, receptors respond to it. So it's also designed to promote fat burning and weight loss by mimicking the activity of HDH, but again, with fewer side effects. Um, so the benefits here, uh, weight loss, increasing metabolism and promoting breakdown of the stored fat for stored energy. Uh, fat burning, it's going to target stubborn areas of fat, such as that belly fat or love handles. Um, muscle growth, same way, improving the strength and mobility and promoting new muscle tissue, improving the bone density, which helps with reduction of the risk of fractures. Now, the mechanism um, here involves targeting specific receptors in the body that are 
involved with fat metabolism. And this specifically binds to the beta-3 adrenergic receptor. So it's different than the other ones we discussed, which is found in the fat adipose tissue. And this binding then stimulates the breakdown of stored fat into free fatty acids, which can then be used for uh, energy by the body. It also has the ability to increase insulin sensitivity, which is important, as well as glucose uptake which can then regulate blood sugar levels and prevent development of insulin resistance. And this can be particularly beneficial for those individuals with type 2 diabetes or other metabolic disorders. And it has been shown to be better than growth hormone itself in inhibiting fat production and improving or promoting fat breakdown. Now, the next one is an interesting one. You've probably heard of this one, and that's semaglutide or I think it's called Ozempic. And this is a medication that is actually used or initially used to treat diabetes. Now, it's a glucagon-like peptide, so like GLP-1, receptor agonist, which means it stimulates the receptor, which means it mimics the effect of the hormone called GLP-1 that is produced naturally in the body. And it has gained much notoriety in recent months due to the various celebrity endorsements. The FDA actually approved it, interesting enough, in 2021 to help with obesity and weight loss. So it has a number of uh, benefits. So it lowers blood sugar by stimulating the release of insulin from the pancreas and reducing the amount of glucose produced by the liver and slowing down the rate in which food is actually absorbed into the bloodstream, which is an interesting effect. Now, obviously, weight loss is what it does um, by also reducing appetite and promoting fullness, uh, promoting uh, feelings of fullness. And then there's the cardiovascular protection. It has been shown to reduce the risk of cardiovascular events such as heart attack and stroke in people with type 2 diabetes who have established cardiovascular disease. It also improves the beta cell function. And these are the cells within the pancreas that produce insulin. And it can help delay the progression of type 2 diabetes and reduce the need for insulin therapy. Now, that mechanism of semaglutide involves that binding of the GLP-1 receptor to activate it, which is then found on the surface of pancreatic cells. But what's interesting with all these receptors, they're found all over the body. So that binding there in the pancreas stimulates the release of insulin, which then helps lower the blood sugar levels. As I mentioned, it slows down the rate of which food is absorbed, which then helps reduce the amount of glucose produced by the liver as well. So the more food you eat, the more glucose the liver is going to produce to store it. Then this also leads to a decrease in fasting in postpandrial glucose level. And postpandrial is the glucose level after you eat. So overall, semaglutide is an effective and well-tolerated medication that can help to improve blood sugar control promote weight loss, and reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. And so, again, this is a great example of where peptides are going to help, which begs the question, why can't we get those other ones you know, approved so that they can help in the various ways as well? A final note on semaglutide, it does help patients adhere to reduced calorie diet. And so this can then um, develop new habits as to making better choices when it comes to their uh, diet. Now, one of the things here, again, is that you've got to understand that um, rapid weight loss is not the goal. 
And with that come certain types of changes and you have to be aware of that as well. But again, um, proper lifestyle, proper nutrition are the key fundamentals to staying healthy and, you know, use semaglutide or any of these other peptides potentially as needed as a um, jump start to making some very good changes in your life or to support the changes that you're already making. And that's important. So other peptides that help with weight loss um, with similar or different mechanism, there's a terzap, terzap peptide. There's also a MOTS-C. Uh, this is a naturally occurring peptide produced by the mitochondria. And if you know, the mitochondria is an important part as far as producing that energy in our cells. And a lot of chronic diseases today uh, are the result of a dysfunction of the mitochondria. But MOTC can improve insulin sensitivity. It helps with fat breakdown, boost your energy levels. It can even enhance mitochondrial health. Now, examples of non-peptides include 5-amino-1-MQ and tosofensine. So these are examples of um, peptides that can help with weight loss. Now, the next area that <clears throat> I want to talk about is improving longevity. And of course, we can get the best example from those centenarians that live in the blue zones and how they eat and live. Here again, as best as you can optimize your nutrition and your lifestyle to fully benefit from peptides treatment is going to benefit you. And what is interesting is there's a significant amount of research on these types of peptides to improve longevity. And we're going to briefly talk about some of them. So one of the ones I like the most is GHK-CU. Now, this is a um, peptide that is composed of three amino acids. Those are the backbone of proteins, specifically glycine, histidine, and lysine, and a copper ion. Now, it occurs naturally in the body and is found in high concentrations in your plasma and your saliva and your urine. And has a number of potential benefits for skin, hair, and overall health, including skin rejuvenation. And as a plastic surgeon, I can appreciate that. It has been shown to promote skin regeneration, improve skin elasticity, and reduce the appearance of fine wrinkles and lines. In wound healing, this is a, a, a important place to apply GHK-CU. And it can accelerate wound healing by promoting the growth of new blood vessels and skin cells. Um, hair growth uh, stimulates growth by promoting the proliferation of hair follicle cells and increasing the production of growth factors. It has an anti-inflammatory effect and can therefore reduce inflammation, which is associated with a number of chronic diseases, also in part because of its potent antioxidant effect that helps protect and thus helps protect damaged cells by free radicals. Now, in the skin, um, it stimulates the collagen and elastin which are essential for maintaining skin elasticity and firmness. Um, it also promotes the synthesis of glycosaminoglycans, which are um, important in retaining moisture in the skin. And overall, GHK-CU is a promising compound with a wide variety of potential benefits. Another one, and here we do the code words, right? CJC-1295. That's CJC-1295. Now, that's a synthetic peptide that is used as a growth hormone secretagogue, which means it stimulates the production and release 
of growth hormone from the pituitary gland. It is similar to those peptides such as the GHRP and the ipamorelin, but has a much longer life. So here again, as you probably expect, increasing lean muscle mass, decreases body fat, improved bone density, improved quality of sleep, increased energy and vitality, you know, and improves overall vitality by promoting the release of growth hormone, which then boosts the metabolism and promote healthy aging. Now here it involves binding the specific receptors in that pituitary gland called ghrelin receptors, or I call them the gremlin receptors, which cause you to be hungry, um, but stimulates the release of, of growth hormone. But like unlike other peptides, uh, CJC1295 has a longer half-life, which means it stays active in the body for longer times. It also has the ability to, uh, for the production of insulin-like growth factors, you probably know this, IGF-1, which is a hormone that is produced in response to the growth hormone and causes many of the metabolic effects of growth hormone. Um, IGF-1, for example, plays a critical role in promoting growth and repair of tissues throughout the body, including muscle, bone, and cartilage. So overall, it's an effective and very well-tolerated medication for promoting growth hormone release and improve, improving body composition. And it's typically used to help promote healthy aging, increased energy levels, and improve overall well-being. Now, ipamorelin we already discussed, but here's an interesting one, cerebral lysin. Now, that's a medication that's used to treat a variety of neurological conditions, including Alzheimer's disease, stroke, and traumatic brain injury. Now, it's a peptide mixture that is derived from pig brain tissue and contains a range of growth factors and other biological active compounds. So it improves cognition, especially like memory, attention, executive function, in people with Alzheimer's disease and other neurological conditions. It's neuroprotective and can help reduce you know, damage to the brain caused by, for example, a stroke or traumatic brain injury and other neurological conditions. It improves motor function uh, in people with Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis and other neurological conditions. And improves the mood. So it's shown to have antidepressant effects, reducing um, uh, improving mood and reducing anxiety. And it's also a thought to promote uh, growth and repair of neurons in the brain. So cerebralycin contains a range of growth factors and other biological active compounds that stimulate the production of new neurons, improve the function of existing neurons, and protect neurons from damage. It's also been shown to improve cerebral blood flow and oxygen delivered to the brain, vital for proper function, obviously, and therefore also reduces the risk of damage from stroke and other neurological conditions. So it's a promising medication for the treatment of a variety of neurological conditions. It's generally well tolerated with few side effects and has that potential to improve cognitive function, motor function, and mood in people with these conditions. So here again is an incredible product that can help so many in so many different ways. Now, thymolin is a peptide that's produced naturally in the thymus gland, which is located in the chest and is a key part of the immune system. Now, it's a small peptide consisting of only five amino acids and has a number of potential benefits 
for the immune system and overall health. Now, this includes improved immune function by stimulating the production of white blood cells, enhancing the activity of T cells, which are important for fighting against infections and cancer. It has an anti-inflammatory effect, again, the root cause of so many conditions today. But again, we have to remind ourselves to address the underlying uh, problems as well. It helps with uh, wound healing uh, by accelerating wound healing, by promotion of growth of uh, new blood vessels and skin cells. It improves the mood. Uh, so it's shown to have an antidepressant effect, reduced anxiety. Um, and it binds to specific receptors on the surface of immune cells that then stimulates various processes. Now, it also helps regulate the production and activity of cytokines, which are important immune function and inflammation. Now, in addition to the effects on the immune system, it's been shown to have other potential therapeutic effects in the treatment of chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and other chronic conditions. So it's a promising compound with a wide variety of potential benefits for the immune system and overall health. So as you can see already, there are many peptides available to address longevity in an amazing variety of ways and how they affect the different biological pathways. And so truly there's an opportunity to enhance that quality of life. But a few more that you want to take note of, and we don't have time to go through all of them, but at least sharing the names with you so that you can do your own re research. And that is Epitalon, you got C-Max with an S, you got C-Lank, with an S, dihexa, so it's D-I-H-E-X-A. You have orexin, that's O-R-E-X-I-N. And of course, you got the codes F-G-L. And then there's another one, P-E-22-28. So, you know, other peptides that I'll be talking about next week, because we'll soon be running out of time, is the melatonin uh, 2 and that's the uh, stimulates production of melanin in the skin. We have BPC-157, which I already mentioned, which promotes healing and regeneration of tissues. It's a key component. It occurs naturally in the body. You have PT-141. Um, that increases sexual arousal and helps treat sexual dysfunction. And then this thymosin alpha-1, which I think has been unfortunately taken off the market because it actually boosts the immune system. Why would we want to do that, right? Um, I'd also be addressing specific cognitive function as well as physical performance. But before um, we end today and before we go to the next portion, I have to share some key parts to peptide therapy that you're going to want to take note. But stay tuned to next week and a lot more useful information for you. See, we can't leave out the potential side effects. And these include allergic reactions. Now, it can be towards a specific peptide or some of the other uh, fillers that are used uh, um, in the product itself. And this can include rash or itching, swelling, difficulty breathing, or anaphylaxis. So any kind of reactions that you're aware of, you got to let your doctor know. Hormonal imbalances. Uh, it can affect hormone levels in the body, causing different imbalances as well. And some of the peptides for hormonal therapy may actually increase or decrease certain levels. 
Then you can have gastrointestinal issues um, that can cause things like nausea or vomiting, diarrhea or constipation. Then you've got cardiovascular, um, so it can cause high blood pressure arrhythmias. And then immune suppression. So some peptides, depending on their purpose, can actually suppress the immune system. So you got to be careful when you utilize these. So it's important for you to notice the occurrence of, and severity of any of the side effects that can occur because they vary from person to person and you got to talk to your health practitioner. So it is important to talk to your practitioner of any of the potential side effects and they should know them. So somewhat worthwhile to consider is how is peptide therapy actually different from conventional medicine? So it differs by it being a targeted approach. So peptide therapy often works by targeting specific receptors of cells in the body and providing a more targeted approach to treatment. And this can re reduce the risk of side effects and potentially increase that effectiveness. Natural compounds, you know, many of the peptides used in therapy are actually naturally compounds in the body. Again, making them less likely to cause adverse effects or interactions with other medications. It's also a personalized medicine. So peptide therapy can be tailored to an individual's specific needs based on their unique genetics and health history. Lower risk of uh, addiction. So unlike conventional medicine that may include addictive substances such as opioids or peptide, peptide therapy has a lower risk of that kind of addiction. Fewer side effects, um, as we already mentioned. But it's important to note that peptide therapy is not a replacement for conventional medicine and it's not suitable for all conditions and there's still a paucity of research in certain areas. So it should be used as a complementary therapy under the guidance of a qualified healthcare provider. And it's important again to discuss treatment options with your provider to determine the best course of action for your individual health needs. All right, final words uh, to share with you on choosing peptide therapy and what one should always consider. Um, choosing peptide therapy should be done in consultation with that qualified healthcare provider who can evaluate your health status, medical history, and goals. And then when considering a therapy, some of the factors to consider include medical condition being treated, so peptide therapy can be used for various medical conditions and the type of peptide used may depend on the specific condition being treated. Now the potential benefits or risks. So you got to find out, you know, what peptide therapy can offer, what benefits they can offer. But it's important also to understand the potential risk and side effects associated with that treatment. The mode of administration. So peptide therapy can be administered by injection, nasal spray or orally. And the mode of administration can also affect the absorption rate and bioavailability of the peptide, which can then affect its or impact its effectiveness. So this is something important to know. The frequency and duration of treatment. The frequency and duration of treatment can vary depending on the individual's health needs and the type of peptide therapy used. And then, of course, the cost. You know, peptide therapy can be expensive. So it's important to consider the cost of treatment and, you know, whether it's actually covered by insurance. And, and most peptides for health optimization are not. Got to check out the qualifications of the healthcare provider. And they should only be prescribed and administered by qualified healthcare providers with experience in peptide therapy.
and then the possible interactions with other medications. It's important to discuss with a healthcare provider possible interactions with other medications or supplements that you might be taking. So it's important to have that thorough conversation with your healthcare provider to determine if peptide therapy is suitable treatment for you with your individual needs and goals. Since we do have a little bit of time left, let me talk about some of the other um, peptides that will help with longevity. So dihexa, so it's D-I-H-E-X-A, is a six amino acid uh, peptide, which is actually uh, directly derived from a hormone called angiotensin II, which is important in its role in uh, regulating uh, blood pressure by actually increasing it. It helps with creating new neuronal connections and synapses. It helps reduce the rate of progression of uh, Alzheimer's by repairing uh, the synapses between uh, neurons and can potentially um, shorten reaction time and boost mental endurance and one's problem-solving uh, skills. So this is a very specific category of peptides, which are called nootropics, as it affects the uh, brain function. This particular one should be utilized when there is damage already so that the damage can actually be repaired. So if you're already uh, functioning optimally, this would not be a choice for you. So LANC is a um, analog of a immunomodulatory peptide found in humans that's called uh, Tufsin. It helps reduce uh, anxiety and actually performs a lot better than the typical benzodiazepine, which are in fact highly addictive when this one is not. It regulates the expression of dopamine and serotonin in the brain. It also reduces the production of pro-inflammatory compounds in the brain. And it also increases the BDNF, which is brain-derived nootropic factor, which is found in the brain and plays an important role in growth, development, and maintenance of uh, neurons. And yeah, BDNF is a member of the nootrophin family of proteins, which also includes nerve growth factors like NGIF, uh, nootrophin, 3NT3, and, and nootrophin. And so BDNF, for example, is essential for the growth and survival of neurons, as well as for the formation of new synapses, which are those connections between neurons that allows them to communicate with each other. And so BDNF also plays a role in synaptic plasticity, which is that ability of synapses to strengthen and weaken in response to changes in neural activity. And so this is important in learning and memory. So you can see you know, how this peptide clearly can be beneficial. It also has been used for the management of anxiety-associated conditions such as PTSD and ADHD as well. And therefore, and therefore a much better option than long-term use of antidepressants and stimulants and tranquilizers that our medical system uh, delivers. But here again, there's that opportunity for those people is to understand your genetic profiles and how your genes are interacting with each other based on your microbiome and the foods that you eat as well. So here again is a great example where, yes, peptides can be beneficial, but find the underlying conditions that are causing the anxiety in the first place because it's not our natural state of being to have this. And then PTSD, of course, is a very complex one. But again, you know, when we have suboptimal in our biological systems, 
then clearly we're going to be more easily affected by trauma and result in PTSD. Now, if I haven't mentioned Epitalon, um, this one is a synthetic peptide that has been shown to stimulate the production of tel telomerase. And that's that enzyme that is involved in maintaining the length of telomeres, um, the protective caps on the ends of chromosomes. So short telomeres are associated with aging and age-related diseases. So increasing the telomerase activity may have anti-aging effects. CMAX is a, a synthetic peptide that is neuroprotective and has neurotrophic effects and has been shown to improve cognitive function and may have anti-aging effects as well. BPC-157, which I also introduced, we'll talk more about it next week, uh, is a peptide that has been shown to have anti-inflammatory and regenerative effects that can promote the healing of various tissues, including muscle, bone, and skin. And then Silank, once again, is a synthetic peptide that has anxiolytic and nootropic effects, which can improve mood and reduce anxiety and enhance cognitive function. And one final one, I can't stress this enough, how sleep is so important in your ability to recover, regenerate, and heal. And we know that a lot of the healing processes happen throughout the night. And if you don't sleep well, if you don't get enough of that deep sleep, then there are problems. And of course, sleep hygiene is a critical component to getting great sleep. And we've talked about that before on this show. And so if you really want to find out more information, just go ahead and, and learn that. One final um, peptide that I think is interesting is uh, orexin A. And that's a neuropeptide that is actually produced in the hypothalamus. And that's that region of the brain that plays a key role in regulating sleep, appetite, and other physiological function. And it's involved with the regulation of wakefulness and arousal. And its deficiency has been linked with narcolepsy, and uh, which is a sleep disorder characterized by excessive daytime sleepness and sudden bouts of sleep. And so optimizing your sleep, getting more sleep throughout the night with a product like this, especially if you have you know, issues with sleeping at night, this can be really beneficial. So this ends um, the part one of this uh, show on uh, peptides. And once again, I want to emphasize, get your baselines. It's critical that you do get that. Get some baseline metrics that you want to follow. You know, whether it's weight, whether it's heart rate, whether it's HRV, you know, whether it's endurance, you know, strength, you know, whatever that is, including, you know, some of the labs. So you've got some objective data to start looking at to help you stay on track and get the results that you want. You know, sometimes people tell you, look, don't get these metrics. Don't look at your weight and you're not getting your results. It's going to depress you. Well, maybe it should depress you. So it kicks you in the button so that you're going to do something different. And so these metrics are helpful because they also will encourage you to keep the process. And I had that issue too. And I was following my weight and I wasn't getting anywhere. And then once I was getting the weight, it made it a lot easier. And so, um, once again, do your homework. Uh, these are some of the peptides that, that uh, I'm aware of. Um, you've got to verify for yourself and do your own research on this. Um, you know, there, there are many things online that may not have a good credible uh, source, uh, but certainly um, looking at some of the books out there or some of the references and some of the scientific articles, which I shall be including on my app soon enough, 
that corroborate some of the findings that I have regarding some of these uh, peptides so that you can discern for yourself, you know, if this is right for you or not. But once again, you know, optimizing your nutrition, optimizing your lifestyle, optimizing your sleep and optimizing your, your mindfulness, uh, all included. And then getting that edge, you know, that's where it really counts and that's where you're going to benefit most. Some exceptions, of course, when certain people have certain conditions, then the peptides will help those conditions and not do anything with you because you don't actually need it. So that's where a in-depth conversation with your practitioner and ask the questions, you know, ask the in-depth questions, you know, go online and, and find out what questions you should be asking. And you listed a whole bunch in the beginning uh, that you're going to want to ask as well. So I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher. This is Prescription for Your Transformation, Real People, Real Conversations, and Real Success, the Doctor's Guide and Health Optimizing for You and, and curating and, and educating and guiding so that you can make smart choices about your health. And perhaps the most important thing is find that health optimizing person that's going to help you the best, you know, whether it's virtual or local, that's entirely up to you. But a physical exam is always essential in all these things and a complete medical history as well. And if people are not getting that, then you may want to reconsider and go somewhere else. Once again, I'll be back and we'll have part two next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Join Dr. Bart Rademacher live right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com or on demand 24-7.